Hello and welcome everyone to another InventRight webinar. We've got a great one for you tonight. Before we'll uh, introduce the speaker, I'll introduce uh, Stephen and myself. I'm over there on the left. I'm the guy without the glasses. Stephen's the guy with the glasses. We co-founded InventRight over 20 years ago, and we've been coaching and mentoring inventors to license their products ever since. We've had students in over 65 countries. We're all about licensing, right, Stephen? Yeah, I love licensing, Andrew. You know, it's the it's the easy way to commercialize your your ideas. Yeah, much much lower risk. And we have a company on tonight that is that is open to licensing. And it's a company that I would think the vast majority of the of you are familiar with. It's Kickerland, and we have the CEO and the founder on, Jan Vanderlandy, and he is going to talk tonight about his company, what they're looking for, maybe a little bit about how you guys could do a better job submitting what they're, you know, uh, just just everything. It's going to be a fun, casual conversation. So welcome, Jan. Hello. Yeah. Thank you, uh, Andrew and Stephen. It's nice to uh, be on your uh, webinar. Well, thank you very much. Everyone knows if you've been following Andrew and myself that <clears throat> this particular category is actually my favorite because it's um, you have to be clever. Uh, I like things that are form and function. They have to put a smile on your face, but it has to function too. And it's it's um, it's not the easiest industry. It, it does take a little bit of work, but boy, is it a fun one. And so that's why I'm very excited to, to share this with you tonight. So Andrew, why don't we get started? Okay. And Jan can talk a little bit, I think, a little bit about himself and about his company. I think everybody would like to hear how it got started and how long it's been in business and what exactly do they do. Okay, so yeah, my name is Jan and uh, I started Kickland uh, 28 or 30 years uh, ago. And I started by myself. And <clears throat> I actually didn't study design or I studied agriculture, and uh, I have a degree in that, and I worked as an engineer for the city of New York as an agricultural engineer, but uh, uh, I didn't like my job, so I quit my job at some point. And um, I started to represent some independent designers from the Netherlands, and I was buying their products and importing them into uh, New York and sell them to local stores. And that's a little bit how my company started. And um, and I, I was always uh, very hardworking. So whenever I had a designer that uh, had some ideas, I would always ask them the question, it's like, why is your product better than a product that is out there already? And uh, that's how, how I learned a lot from that, from the designers. And, uh, Today, we still work with a lot of designers. We, we make our own products uh, now. We don't uh, buy them from uh, designers anymore. And, um, but uh, we have an in-house designer for about uh, 12, uh, 12 designers, but we also work with outside designers, and uh, we receive new ideas uh, all the time. And we also do uh, design challenges together with schools. Um, we have done already... 15 design challenges and we just did one uh, with the Appalachian School of Design it's in mm -hmm. North Carolina and we got uh, 25 
submissions, and uh, we're producing three of them. And of course, the you know the, it's a design award; it's a, it's a winner, and that's always a lot of a lot of fun to work with the uh, students and future designers, and and <clears throat> they, they come up with some really original ideas. And that, that's a little bit how Kickerland has grown over the years since uh, you know since the beginning. I've and noticed. Yeah, I still, yeah, sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt. Oh, no. I, I just wanted to say that we we do have still have a lot of fun with uh, with design. It's always a challenge to uh, to find something new that uh, it's so so nice to see that once it's on the market that it actually sells. Now, Jan, you've probably had a lot of ideas in 30 years. Do you still get surprised when something comes across your desk that you haven't seen before? Yes, absolutely. And, um, and sometimes it's it's a very simple simple thing, but um, sometimes it it can also be a lot of fun. You know, like uh, you know, and the times they change too. You know, as we know now, we're in the COVID nineteen uh, period where um, people are in lockdown, working from home, and. <clears throat> We we had an idea last spring when COVID started to make a, uh, a social distancing tool, which is a uh, uh, it's just a telescopic uh, stick, and it works a little bit like the uh, you remember the chewing gum thing? It's kind of a gag. You pretend to give somebody a chewing gum, and if you try to take one, you get a little shock. Okay. I don't know if you remember that one. Yes. It's, it's all, that's a regular item. So we put that mechanism inside the stick, and the stick is exactly six foot. So whenever somebody gets close to you, too close to you, you can give them a little zap. <laughs> and yeah, we thought it was, everybody thought we were crazy when we came out with that product. But uh, it's surprisingly selling very, very well. Uh, nice. We just sell that Spencer gift and... Uh, and, and I tested it at home also with my family and my kids, and uh, it's just a lot of fun. You don't really zap people, but you know, sure. just the feeling, the, the fear of it, and it, you know, gets everybody going. Now, I you carry a a wide range of products, Andrew. Can we go to the website for just a minute to show everybody the different? Um, the different uh, categories. I mean, there's uh, lots of things here. Of course, um, Jan, puzzles, I bet, was really big for you at the moment. Puzzles, yeah, we do a lot of puzzles. And uh, yeah, you have to go with the time and you cannot do the same thing forever. Yeah. Did you see a, an uptick in puzzles being submitted to you? Or sales and puzzles during COVID. Uh, yeah, but the, of course the uh, you know the, we we really look at uh, at the industry in two two ways for for new products. In one way, you know, we were always looking for something new, something innovative, something that uh, that hasn't been done before, something that's original. And then and in the, the other way is that we also look at trends. And um, I think in puzzles, of course, is a big trend. And 
you know, you want to be in your trend. You want to be the first one to get the biggest wave. So we, there's a lot of companies that have puzzles now. So the market may become a little very saturated very soon. It's kind of like the coloring books that were very popular a couple of years ago. And now it's like all of the market is like flooded with it. But, uh, you know, we, a designer, David Weeks, he lives in New York too. He's a lightning designer. A new puzzle, and it's called Re Refunzel. So it's actually uh, three puzzles in one. So you have three images, and you can either make the three images, or you can mix them up, or you can play a game where you, uh, <clears throat> you, you, you try to uh, steal somebody else's pieces and make another image like that. So yeah, there's g games and, uh, and toys are, are, you know, because everybody's at home, you need to relax. So those are doing well now. Let's talk about trends for just a minute, if we could. Um, mm -hmm. Where, to, for people to want to look at trends, would YouTube be a good place maybe uh, LinkedIn, maybe movies, maybe uh, things like that to be current. Is that a good good start for for creative people to stay on top of trends? Yes, the um, but there, there is different trends, right? There is trends for uh, <clears throat> for for teenagers, and there is trends for uh, mm -hmm. for 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 older people. The, um, you know, people behave like uh, like cattle. You know, you eat a, everybody belongs to a certain kind of certain trend. So it's whatever public you you're after. Hey, can you talk about your customers a little bit? Uh, what the age range is: male, female, young, old, um, or yeah. or is it all over the place? Is it all, everybody? Well. Yeah, we like to sell to everybody. <laughs> it's not possible. But the, uh, the there is a different uh, the different uh, uh, customer end customers. The uh, it's like we sell to uh, Bed Bath and Beyond, and I think their um, customers are a little bit older. They're typically, uh, like fifty or sixty year old uh, ladies. Uh, that uh, are a little bit well to do, live in the Midwest, have an SUV or something like that. Um, the people that um, that shop our website or uh, shop Target or even Amazon, they're younger. Um, they're typically um, uh, in 30s, beginning 40s, mothers, um, millennial. Um, mothers that uh, yeah so there's different groups mm -hmm. that buy our products you know, let's talk about evergreens for just a minute do you have any products here that have been selling for years and years and years maybe you change them up a little bit but basically they're just evergreens they're just just good sellers yeah um the Rainbow Maker is uh, could be considered a, an evergreen. It's the second product that uh, is on your page, and 
it's a uh, solar powered um, a device that has a suction cup. You put it in the in your window, yeah. and when the sun shines, the the solar panel catches the uh, the energy, and then the real Swarovski crystal swirls so turns around, and you get these beautiful rainbows, um, little prismatic effect that swirls around your room, and that has been selling for um, for many many years, and. It's designed by David Deere, and it's a good friend of mine. And uh, in the beginning, when I developed that uh, product, I would I was a little bit risky because um, I had to buy so many, and I invested almost all my money in this product. Mm. And then when we put it in the market, we went to trade shows, and it didn't sell. So. I was very disappointed, and but then after half year, through like a year, all at once, people, some people came back to me and said, "Hey, yeah, I bought that last time, sold very well." And then from word of mouth, and ever since then, it's uh, it's our bestseller at every trade show. You huh. cannot believe it. Still, is till today. Any, is there any problem with that product? Because it's uh, do you have a certain packaging to demonstrate it? Is it something where it would be helpful if there was a video, but you don't have it. So how do you handle that? Is that an issue? Yeah, there was an issue. So we, we went through different product uh, packaging. Um, <clears throat> the first we had it in, uh, in a translucent box with a velvet tray. And we tried to explain it on the box. And then later we, um, we, we did make a video and we made a display. So, and in the display, there is a, a small screen or a nine inch screen, kind of like a size of an iPad. And it loops a, a little video of how, what the product does. And that helps a lot. Um, and now we, the packaging is totally, um, I'm, you know, eco-friendly, so it has a paper tray, no more plastics inside, and um, we just explain it on the photo box with, with graphics. But the product is, uh, is so well-known, uh, it, it sells itself, really. And it's wow. a beautiful gift. If you give this to the rainbow maker to somebody and they place it in the window and then when the sun shines, you see all these rainbows through your room. It's really, really special, a special item. Is I that think the highest price? I'm on getting this for my wife for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> I, I'm serious. I think you just did. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. It's a very nice gift. People love it. And it, it's, it's no function, actually, except for it makes you happy. Yeah. Look, can we talk about price point for just a minute, Jan? Sure. Is, mm -hmm. is there is there a particular price, retail price point you, you like to stay in? But it looks like you've got items, you know, very, very low, but also close to fifty dollars. You have a full range. Yeah, but to, to the uh, most of our products are like less than twenty dollars, though. The um, <clears throat> that that's really what we're known for. I would like to sell more expensive products, especially. Now that uh, more and more products are being sold online, um, 
and the APA products are too inexpensive, then the shipping becomes an issue. So, so we're making bundles and combinations to solve all that. But the the um, we're known for like products between you know, anywhere between five and twenty dollars. That's why people come to us, and we we allow our customers, our retail partners, uh, um, a good margin and. They like that too. Stephen, I think that's a good point. Like with the cat butt magnets here, <clears throat> they put in a package of six, maybe to get the price mm -hmm. up a little bit. So um, sounds like you're open to a pretty wide range price range, um, which might surprise yeah. people. That's that's great. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The the other thing I noticed is that a lot of your products are made out of different materials. <laughs> From metal yeah. to plastic to glass, I mean, it's all over the place. Is that is that mm -hmm. accurate? Yeah, that's that's accurate. We uh, we we work with uh, close to 150 factories, uh, and and uh, everybody is specialized in something. Some some people do very good with uh, wood. Some others uh, they um, they make all like tools and metals. And, and then we do some soft goods too. And we do a lot with paper and stationery. And we have uh, electronic items. Uh, and we work with uh, yeah all different factories. If there was uh, an inventor is going to submit to you, is there an area where you you're really not interested with a certain type of material or? Um, any other factor too, where you just like, nah, it's kind of problematic. And uh, no, we don't. Uh, we, we do, as you say, all all kinds of materials. The, uh, yeah. Most of the, you know, now the, lately the the um, the business with China has been problematic, especially under uh, President Trump, because he installed this these. 25% tariffs on a lot of items. So that, that made make some items a little bit more difficult to sell. Hmm. So we're staying away from that. Okay. Because they, they're going to be too expensive. Uh, so we, we are resourcing uh, all our factories in different countries now. Yeah. Um, a lot of your product sells in museums too, don't they? Yeah, museums are a very important uh, category for us. We sell to um, the Museum of Modern Art and, and museums all over the globe, and <clears throat> but we also sell to um, to larger companies like Target and Bed Bath and Beyond, and and to a lot of specialty stores. But yeah, museum stores they 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 like to pick up our items, I guess, because they'll or all of our items have a little bit of a story to tell. Um that makes them special. Let's talk about that story to tell. Mm -hmm. um, what do you mean by that? Could you explain a little bit more about that? Well, I'm not a designer, I mean <clears throat> but a long time ago. When, in the beginning, when I started my company, I met a designer from Japan, and 
he was quite famous, and he uh, he actually told me that good design product has to tell you something. Like when you look at it, you you <clears throat> it's a little bit difficult to explain, but uh, it has to touch something inside of you. Hmm. Like it's a little bit like poetry, maybe. You know, does a product have good poetry? Create some type of emotion. Yeah, something like that. Okay. I mean, if you go to uh, Walmart and um, you walk around and I don't know, you're looking for 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 an item, and if if it's that that's the only thing you're looking for to an item that can perform a certain function, then you'll probably find that item. But you know, I don't know why some of these items have to be so ugly. You know, <laughs> they could be, they could be better designed, a little bit more uh, styled better, and tell a little bit of the story from, you know, that there is a little bit of effort put in, except for performing the function. Would you say that Target, at one time, was was doing a little bit better design? Yes, the uh, but that's one of the things that uh, that changed over the years. I'm sure you've um, experienced experienced it uh, yourself. Like back in the 80s and the 90s, we still had a lot of design stores around the country in our, in all the cities, both in Europe and in the USA, and um, that that has. The, I wouldn't say that they disappeared, but the design stores became less popular, and maybe because of you, people know so much, they can see so much on the internet. You can find very good designs on the internet, and the gift stores became a little bit more just like gift stores, and the products became more like commodities. So the, I, I I don't know it. Okay. Design design is still very popular, but um, mm -hmm. it's been more difficult for the retailers over the years to to sell design. They mm -hmm. really have to sell more like products and commodities. Let's talk a little bit about the submission process. When an idea comes mm -hmm. through to your portal, you take a look at it. Is there a team of people looking at it? Is it just you, or do you have people that are from a design department, manufacturing, sales? You all come together to look at it and evaluate it. What's what's that look like? Well, it's actually pretty simple. It's just uh, um, my design director, Jay Lee, and I. We look at it and we we screen it, and <clears throat> mostly the uh, designs. Are not so suitable for for Kickerland, and then of course you know we're we're doing something right. Like every season, we have to bring a new collection together, and so the item may be very good, but it's not fitting what we're doing. So we'll explain that to to the designer or the inventor. Um, but sometimes it is, and then uh, we take it on, and then. After that, we talk to more people, like, oh, what do you think? There's the purchasing manager, and there's other designers, and the salespeople. And then sometimes we, in the beginning, 
we were very enthusiastic. And then, uh, then we said, okay, we're going to do it. And then we started to uh, work it out a little bit and show it to more people. And then you get a little bit more reactions. And then sometimes we change our mind then. Okay. Um, sometimes, uh, sometimes everybody is enthusiastic, but then when we start to try to produce it, then we find out that the item is going to be too expensive or too complicated to uh, to manufacture. So there's all these factors you, that you have to consider. It's not only that it has to fit with what you're doing, but it also has to fit in what's going on in the world. And then you have to manufacture it and then produce it at a price that the people are willing to pay for it. How long does that process take from when someone submits a product for you to say yes or no? Oh, good day. <laughs> <laughs> you can say right away. I, yeah, we usually when a when a submission comes in, you can submit the products through our website, and you have to pay five dollars, uh, which we donate to, uh, to the food bank, I believe. And the, um, the the it goes to the design director first, and then he shows it then to me. And, it, and sometimes you forget, so then it's like it could take a week before it gets to me, or sometimes he gives it to me right away. Okay. Or if he, if he says that, like, oh, that's great. And then he's, of course, then he's very enthusiastic and shows it to me right away. Um, what do you like to see, Jan? Can I, sh a pencil sketch, a 3D model, a video? What what do you like to see to determine if you would, would be interested in it? Or all of above? Um, for, no, it's very simple. You can just send me uh, a drawing, if it, even by hand, and we can see from that whether it's a good idea or not. Hmm. What we sometimes, um, um, what happens a lot is like we pay a royalty, right? So the um, the royalty is usually five percent, okay, of the uh, net sales, and. But if a person sends me like a simple handmade drawing, and then we have to make all the cat drawings, and we have, to, you know, to submit to the factory for for quote for quoting, then we are actually doing all the work. So we, we complain about that sometimes. So we prefer <laughs> to um, to work with professional designers. That, that's what the most of the designs that we. Uh, uh, Produced from outside designers are from designers that that know, that work with us on a regular basis. They they submit um, uh, every season products to us, and they also know uh, know better what what we're working on and uh, what we're doing, and that therefore the products that they submit are more suitable. Okay. So if we get a design from somebody from outside. That just designs like a, a flower pen, uh, you know, the, like very nice, but we're not doing any flower pens at this moment, you know. Do you... Is there a timing that's better to submit to you? You said, is it, should we do it a couple months before a trade show or what time yes, of year is best? Mm -hmm. um, 
right now we're finalizing our spring collections. So if you submit something now, then um, it's probably for the fall. And so in the fall and the fourth quarter is, is a different season than the spring. So the fall is more about uh, gifting and uh, the fourth quarter of Christmas and, and the spring, it's more about the spring and summer is more about going outside and uh, you know maybe some gardening products and uh, and, and bike products. And the, so there is a difference for the season, okay. yeah. But the best time to submit something is, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter. But right now, for anything for this for the spring and summer is too, is too late because we're already finalized. Okay. Um, what about seasonal? You talked a little bit about seasonal, spring or fall. Let's say I've mm -hmm. got a great idea for Valentine's. Is that going to be inter interesting to you or not? Yeah, but for, for Valentine's, it's for this 2021, it's uh, too late because we, if you want to do something for Valentine, we need to have it in stock in um, December. And the whole cycle from <clears throat> Once, if we have cat drawings ready for ready to go to a factory, then the factory uh, takes a couple of weeks for quoting and back and forth, and then you have to go to mold making. And mold make to make a mold takes six weeks, and after that you need to approve the uh, mm -hmm. uh, the golden samples, and that takes a couple of weeks, and then you have to go into production, and that's another six weeks. So the whole process takes at least three months if not four months okay so so from submitting the product and from, from the go-ahead from uh, that you're going to do that product it's at least four months so okay <clears throat> that's pretty that's pretty fast yeah. huh Stephen? i mean well it, it is well, i mean the whole process seems pretty quick yeah that's a little bit our strength, also our weakness, because we, we do these things very fast, so we can always be the first one, but at the same time, the, um, you don't know if, if it's going to work, right? so there's no way of testing it. So, what, Jan, what are you saying? Sometimes you're fast to fail with a product? Is that what you... Yeah, you, you launch it fast. We, we, Mm -hmm. okay. So it's the 80, 20, 80 rule, right? So sure. 20% of the product pays 80% of the bill. So yeah, we, you know, some, sometimes you write on and sometimes you just do really off. <laughs> um, hey, Jan, what type of intellectual property, if any, if, is that important to you, a design patent? Uh, yeah. Probably not a patent, but what's important to you? Well, it's it's important to um, we we license the the products from from designers and other people. So if the um, if you don't have a design, if a product sells and sells very well, we we will uh, file a design patent for it, and you have to do that within the first year 
introducing the uh, product in the market. Yeah. Uh, if you wait one more year, then it's too late. You're not allowed to file a design patent. So, but um, if we license the product from a designer, so we, it means that we have the exclusive right to produce the product from the designer. Yes. But if anybody else can do it without getting a license, they have an advantage. So it's important for us that the designer or the inventor, you know, assigns the, the the design to us so that we can design file a design patent. Okay. Or the designer can file its own design patent. That, that's okay too. Okay. But it's not not cheap. It, it's uh, each design patent costs uh, like three, sometimes four thousand dollars. Okay. When when somebody submits a product to you, how how patient should they be? How long should they wait um, to follow up in some way or another? What should they expect? Um. Anyway. We're from like one to four weeks, I guess. Oh, very we, we will always, uh, yeah, we will always give an opinion about the design right away. Um, but yeah, it can be immediately or sometimes, um, you know, they have to wait a little bit, a couple well, of weeks. Inventors and designers are sometimes very impatient, so we just would like to give them a little warning that it might yeah. take a while. Mm -hmm. Well, the, in the past, we've had uh, complaints from designers that, uh, and, I, and I think they were right, that sometimes you submit something to, to uh, a company for uh, consideration, and then they say from, oh yeah, yeah, that's nice, we'll, we'll do it, and then they sit on it for half a year, and you sit there as a designer, you wait and wait, and then, and you don't know if there's no progress, it's not fair. When you could show the product to other uh, potential uh, <clears throat> uh, licensees that uh, that can make up their mind quicker. So we realize that. So we we try not to sit on it too long. And okay. You know, just make a decision, do it or don't do it. <clears throat> And then if you don't do it, then the designer should should have the, the possibility to show it to other factors. So just so everybody's clear, um, a lot of the products that you do license are from maybe design firms that stay, that design in this one industry. And so they're always mm -hmm. submitting ideas to you very consistently so you have a relationship. Is that true? Yes, mm -hmm. we do. Okay. We we are trying to educate inventors um, to stay in an industry long enough to know the, the businesses, to know the landscape, and know the people and have those relationships. Because a lot of inventors have a uh, tendency to jump around a lot. So we're, we're, we're trying yeah. to explain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. <clears throat> when we work with a, an inventor and um, that person has uh, very good ideas, we, we like to to do more with that person. And we we don't like it if that person also goes to our competitors and shows the same product sometimes. But, you know, it, 
a free world, right? So sure. we just have to live with that. Hey, Andrew, let's, let's open it up uh, to questions. I think we covered quite a bit. I know there's probably a lot of people with some questions. Yeah. Now, thank you very much for that. It was very, you're very open, transparent. You explained the mm -hmm. process extremely well. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, your transparency is is fantastic. Really is. Um, we got a lot of questions here. Jeez, I'm getting okay. old. I need to put my glasses on to read some of them here. Um, David says, um, "Would you consider a product that's already selling on Amazon? Let's say they're already selling it themselves, maybe on Amazon or something." Um, usually not. Because uh, if it's already out there, why should we put all our effort in it and produce something that it's already done? And we're looking for new things or that can either be like very innovative, so nobody has ever done it before, or it can be something like right on trend that, that, is, that could be. We, but if it's on we, the market already, then we don't want to do it. No. We were going through your website as you were speaking, and I have to say, it's kind of hard to find a product on your site that isn't unique or quirky or fun in some way. There's not, there, you don't, I really didn't see many products at all. I think I saw one, the, the reusable ice cubes that I've seen before, but you don't, mm -hmm. and you see variations, but they're all fairly unique in their own way. They really are. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Okay, so this one's fun from Jeannie Marie. Does does Jan have a favorite product, and if so, what was a what was it about it, the design that made it his favorite? Well, I have a lot of favorite products. <laughs> the um, well, the, the the critter was for the. Do you know the critter? It's a uh, it's a wind up toy. Okay. Designed by uh, Chico Bicaldo, and we used to sell a lot of them. Now it's uh, much less, but that has always been one of my favorites. And, uh, of course, that was also the first time that uh, we started to produce an item ourselves. Because before that, I used to only buy the products from designers and small manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And but the, you know, every season I think my favorite product. So we're doing now another social distancing item. It's a it's a keychain that uh, uh, if you turn it on, it makes the uh, it's a kind of a bloop bloop sound like the, the the voyage to the bottom of the sea. I don't know if you remember that mm -hmm. that program that had it. It's a, <clears throat> special sound and then when somebody comes within six feet you get an alarm sound so it's kind of like the <laughs> social distancing gapper uh -huh. that's funny um this one's from tina is there an expiration date on on our submission if we submit seasonal a seasonal and it's declined would you consider it for next year that's a good question is it are you okay with getting the same product again you're later at the right time? Yes. <clears throat> we do that a lot, actually. You know, the um, we have a lot of products in the pipeline that um, 
are, you know, didn't make it for this season. It's either a delay in, in production or there's a complication that needs to be solved. And then we just keep it secret and we keep it within the company and then we introduce it to next season. Yes, we do that. Uh, this one, this one is a variation of what before, but it's a good question. Simon says, "What is your most successful product category?" Oh, what is the most successful category? Well, <clears throat> uh, stationary has been uh, very strong for us, and um, we uh, with the the kitchen and the houseware category is very strong and we but it's changing now so we started a uh, pet line actually it's only for dogs it's called Kobe that is growing very fast and we also uh, have a, a new line it's called Huckleberry and it's also that it has like toys and games in there but it's for uh, uh, it's in it's a line for, for, for children to get them to go spend more time outdoors. Um, there was a research that um, in England, I think it was, that they measured the time spent um, for children spent indoors was, uh, was, was longer than the average time of an inmate spent indoors. So you can imagine what. A lot of these kids do, they're sitting on the iPad. So the Huckleberry promotes that and they have all kind of things that they can do outside. Like there, <clears throat> there is a, you have to make your own item. So you, you get the Huckleberry knife and then with that knife, you can make a fishing pole. So we sell the rod and everything for the fishing rod, but not the pole. The pole you have to carve yourself. Um, so we have a lot of those items, and we have a, a, come, there's a little motor for a boat, so you can make your own boat. So, but we supply only the motor, but you have to carve the boat yourself. That's doing very well. Hmm. I know there there is many categories that that we are in, and everything has a common thread that it has to be something different. It has to tell a story. What would you say it's fair for people just if if an inventor is open to inventing in any of these categories that you're in go go to your website look at look at all the product categories and if they were uncertain invent something for um the product categories you're already in which brings me to i guess my question is are you open to receiving ideas outside of the product categories you're in now? One person was asking a question about um, product for washing cars and stuff. So how do you feel about that? Is that wasting your time? Is it, are you okay and open to it? Or should they just submit in the product categories that you're currently in? Um, that's a good question. The, um, we, we all, it's probably better to be within the, the categories that we currently have, even though some of the categories are not so uh, clearly defined. I mean, if you look at the Rainbow Maker, for example, well, what category is that? Is that category wellness or is that a category uh, kitchen item or what, what is it? Is it a toy? 
So, but if it's for car washing, it, it, it may be a little bit lonely within the whole collection of, mm. of Kickland. People may think, well, what is that item doing there? Why? Because we have to, you know, we're not only producing and, and designing products, we also have to market it, right? So, but we do sell to car washes. So if you have something for a car wash, you probably could sell it. Hmm. There you go. Fioretti, yeah. uh, Fiorella, sorry. Uh, do you notify inventors even if you're not interested in the product or only if you like the product? So when somebody so submits you, on your when somebody submits on your website, do you always get back to them and say uh, no yeah. or maybe mm -hmm. it's never a yes, right? Because you got to look into it. Um, do you always get back to them in one way or another? Yeah, we always get back to them and uh, let them know that uh, if we if you're not interested, we try to give a little bit of explanation to them, yeah, like why That's... it wouldn't work for us. That's very inventor friendly. Not every company does that, you know. So that's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, and we have your and the one way they should submit. We pulled it up on your website earlier. Is through the about us and then submit a product page. Correct. Everybody that's mm -hmm. new needs to share through there. Yeah, you have to go through the portal. Okay. But um, yeah. Um. Uh, Simon says, thank you, Jan, for your helpful answers. You've got a whole bunch of people thanking you, by the way. Um, smiley oh. face, love the idea of trying to get to get kids outside more. Yeah, mm. that's, that's, that's really nice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. The idea was actually from another designer that uh, proposed it to us. The, they proposed the whole Huckleberry line to us. And they they get a uh, royalty over the entire all the products that are in that line, so they're very happy. But I thought it was a very good concept, so that's why I took it off. Dale said, "Would you require a prototype being made for a unique small kitchen appliance?" Doesn't, I don't think no, you do we, appliances, we, maybe gadgets, but not appliances, huh? Well, it depends on what kind of Appliance it is. Yeah, but if it's really involved, then, um, it would be good if the uh, inventor makes the prototype so that they also understand, you know, how to uh, mass produce it. And you can see the complications. It's always better. You can either make a, uh, a prototype or. <clears throat> cat drawings but the, the the selection of a product it's not necessary for the selection of the product you can see from the drawing what or, or even the description of whether the product, whether it's a good idea or not mm -hmm. this, this is a fun one Teresa said I would like to personally thank Jan and Jay Lee for giving me feedback on all the products I've submitted. Also, thank you for the opportunity, Jan. So it's, oh, I think a lot of people are right, that we know are already submitting to you. Which brings mm -hmm. me to that question. I think we were gonna bring this up, Stephen. So is part of your submission process that people make a donation to a charity? Can you, can you talk about that? 
Uh, yeah, we we require a five dollar uh, donation, and <clears throat> then they have they have to pay through PayPal or whatever fee of credit card to submit a product. But the, the five dollars is then donated to uh, to the food bank. To a food bank. And okay, it, that's it, great. Yeah. And we do that because we don't want people just like bombard us with with submissions. They they have to be a little bit serious about it. You know, yes. like a five dollar is more like a gesture. You know? mm-hmm. It's Good not like you. you want to make money from that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and let me ask you that. So let's say an inventor, you know, they're they're new to this. They're not a professional designer. They submit you a product, and you say, well, this is very clever. Not we're not going to license this one, but very clever. I'm impressed. Um, can can inventors get in with you into kind of like a different tract where they're, they're those people that are submitting all the time to you and they fall into like a kind of a pro category? Do you look at it that way? Um, or do you just want them to just keep sending through the website? Does it matter? Yeah, some people that, that know me, they they email me directly. I give an answer to that one too, you know. The uh, yeah, we're not that that strict. Okay. Because I I think with I mean do do some designers that you work with a lot do a lot submit you a lot of ideas just to see if you're interested and then develop it further. Does that happen sometimes? You mentioned that if somebody just comes to you with a drawing and then you have to make a prototype or do some CAD and stuff, are you okay with pushing it back to them to say, well, I'm really interested. Can you send me something more detailed if you're capable or if not, I'll do it? Or do you just kind of like whatever level they send at, you just work with what they give you? Yeah, <clears throat> we like to work with uh, professional designers that can do the uh, CAD drawings or that have an office that uh, can do it um, because it saves us a lot of work. Because if somebody has a, ver- has a very good idea then and you have not the capabilities to make these cat drawings, then we will do it for them. But it's, it's a little bit an advantage if you, uh, if you can do that for us and it makes the process also faster because it takes a while to make these drawings. Mm-hmm. Good point. Okay. Yeah. Um, we just have a bunch of really nice comments here. Uh, Andrew, you know, let me interrupt for just a minute. And I want everybody to hear this. What we've, I wrote this book, Become a Professional Inventor. And what Jan is talking about to really up your game, right? You can start out by doing sketches on napkins or maybe drawings. But once you start to really get serious at this and start to build relationships where these companies know you, it, it changes and your work just gets better and your tools that you present change from CAD drawings, even a bill of material, understand a little bit about manufacturing. All those things make it easier for a company, uh, for that licensee to take it faster, make better decisions and quicker. You're really helping them uh you know take your product and moving faster with it if you help them so it's always good to start out just like we're talking about tonight with drawings uh they could be sketches they could be in color maybe black and white to show that 
form and function, show the magic, show that product that has that emotional pull. But once you start to really get into this, if you really want to start good, really be good at this, maybe a, a 3D uh, printed model uh, might be helpful, CAD drawings next. That's how you start to up your game to be a pro. Mm -hmm. We have some really nice yeah. comments about um, you sharing all this information with everybody on. Amy said, thank you, Stephen, Andrew and Stephen for introducing this great man. Really more of a compliment for you, Jan. <laughs> As always, killing it with these. Uh, Jan, it has been my pleasure listening to you and your great company. I will be contacting you soon. Take care, Amy. And we've got a whole bunch of other ones like that. Um, awesome interview. This one's from Jerocle. Awesome interview, Mr. Landy. Thank you. And once again, thank you, InventRight, and all of you. You guys rock. Um, uh, Jeff, I have a few products I'll be submitting to Jan. Thank you for coming on tonight. And there, there's just there's too many to read here. Um, but they're, they're very appreciative of you coming on and, and just being so transparent about what you're looking for and, and helping them be better at what they they can submit um with, with that i don't want to like go negative or anything it's not negative i don't think is there anything that inventors do that would turn your team off that they should not do this will help them it'll help you is there anything that they do that that is a turn off like the way they act the way they submit a product anything that you can information you can give them to do better yeah, <clears throat> we always look for something uh, different and, and new. Sometimes we get uh, uh, submissions that uh, of products that look like our product, but then we already have it. So why should we take another variation of that product in our line? So that is sometimes is we don't you know we don't like that too much. Mm-hmm. But but a, but an extension it's not, it's not of a line. Easy to get something. What? Sorry. Would an extension of a line, if it makes sense with an extension, but it's not? You're saying it's so similar. It's like this isn't different. Is what Andrew, saying? what's I think yeah. what's happened? I think what's happened. What Johan's talking about, and I think a lot of other companies that are have embraced open innovation, is that us inventors, we're not doing our homework we need to look at the product line of the companies we're going to submit it to. We need to go online, do a Google image search. We really want to show them something new and novel. And mm -hmm. if you haven't done that level of research and you show them something he can find or his team can find within a minute on Google or even close to what he has, you've kind of wasted their time and your time. Yeah. And we're, we're seeing a lot of that. I'm really glad you mentioned that because we're, we're talking about this over and over again. Don't, find don't don't just look for that submission button don't that should not be the first thing you do you should spend some time read about the company look at their mission statement if they have it understand maybe their culture a little bit what they're trying to do and then look at their complete product line first and then look to a google image search so you really know the industry a little bit and show them something new and novel mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That pretty much it, John. Yeah, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, it's too easy to look at our products and then make a variation of them. So that's mm. not really what they're looking for. We can do that ourselves. 
like if we have a uh, product that is successful and then okay then we make a, a medium small large of that and so we don't need a submission yeah. to tell us that yeah okay that's a good point yeah definitely mm -hmm. oh well, one last question from from dana she's a former invent right students licensed products um she says your product your products are fun and funky do you design the funky part if you see a product with potential? I think what she means is she sends you a product, but it doesn't have it. You like it, but it doesn't have that a quirky, you know, funky angle to it or something. Do you, do you ever take something and kind of make it a little bit more fun, but it was a, it was enough. You're interested. I think that's more or less what she's asking. Yeah, but some of the, not every product that we, um, Produces fun and funky, you know. No. Sometimes product is totally serious, and uh, but it has a very good functionality to it, okay. and so that that's fine with us. Not not everything has to have a novelty aspect to it, you know. So some of the products that we sell are are just you know just a regular product. We, we sell phone cords and phone stands and. There's nothing mm -hmm. funny about that. But they still right. sell. Got and it. It's still a good product. Mm -hmm. Like if you, you know, the, the working from home and it's is so important now. So we're doing a lot of products in that area, and those those products are sometimes totally only functional, and then mm -hmm. they don't need to uh, to have a novelty aspect to it. They don't need to create Although that. Although we're known for it. Okay. No, no, no. That's fair enough. But yeah, it has to be different from what's out there already. Yeah. yeah, your products are. You got. You got. It's an amazing line. I mean, no, nobody could ever say your products are generic. <laughs> no, no way. Quite the opposite. It's, it's so much fun. Really are. They really, really are. Stephen, do you have anything you want to say in closing? No, I just. I think. Um, this is a great webinar tonight. I want to thank everybody that attended. Uh, Jan, I, I really want to thank you for for being so open and transparent and helpful and and helping us do a better job. And that's what these webinars are all about, to to share with our community these companies that have embraced open innovation, that want to work with us creative people, and so we can do even a better job to help you in which it turns helps us. So thank you very much. Thank you for having me. I'll remind everybody to uh, take care, keep inventing, and we'll catch up with you next time. Good night. Good night, everybody.